Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Sal Capaccio joining us here on Buffalo Bills Football Monday, a victory Monday, brought to you by Northwest Bank. What's next? Get started at Northwest.com. Jeremy White, Jody Biasi, Josh Schmidt producing, and Sal Capaccio. On the Western Hotline, back from Miami, Sal, good morning. Good morning. Feels like late night still, to be honest with you. Just landed about three and a half hours ago, Jeremy. It's crazy. Jeez. Well, Sal, you know, it's funny. Like, last night after the game, I knew you guys, obviously, you're on the trip. You had a long night ahead of you. I was one of the Bills fans that thought, how on earth can I go to sleep? I mean, like, what, mm-hmm. what a game, yeah. what an atmosphere, you know. You've been with this team for many, many years now, and on the on the list of greatest games, atmospheres, whatever, Sal, there have been a lot of successes. Where does this one rank? In Miami has to be special for the division, all of that, and the way the game played out as well. Yeah, first of all, as far as sleep, I was in the same boat, believe me. Once I finished my arrow up, arrow down early, right before we took off, I tried to do it before with the internet, you know, in the plane to make sure I can do that. I tried to put on some music of like relaxing music and like piano music, <laughs> something like that. You know, it was a couple of different ways I could try to fall asleep to get a couple of hours of sleep if I could on the plane. I didn't get that much. So I'm in the same boat as you because um, you're still wired and you're thinking about it. And it's because of that, guys. It's because of the intensity, the atmosphere of what it was like, where this one ranks basically right up there as far as road games. I would say 2017, of course, knowing you know, that they had a chance late in the game, but you didn't know exactly what was going to happen until after the game. Obviously, that was something. I would, you know what, you know what I, I equate it to as well? The year they played Sunday night in Pittsburgh to clinch yeah. the playoffs in 2019. Um, that was a special night, too. It's the same kind of thing. Sunday night, clinch the playoffs, coming back home late, and you know you're in. This one for the division, but against that team, and... Going to Pittsburgh, you're not getting the kind of Bills Mafia crowd. You got Bills Mafia there, but not like this. This was unbelievable, the scene. The red, white, and blue behind the bench. And, um, yeah, it was amazing. It really was. And you guys, I don't know if you've heard the interview this morning. After the game, I got a chance to talk to Sean McDermott on the field. The emotion in his voice was just incredible um, because they felt it. They all felt it. And it, it was really it was really special. 
Yeah, we did play that interview. It was clear what it meant to him, and you could hear the Bills fans behind you guys as well. So yeah. when it comes to this game, we'll get to Josh Allen, but Sean McDermott deserves an awful lot of credit for what has happened with this team in the last few weeks. I mean, the defense has totally turned a corner. They've, they've had five straight wins. In those five straight wins, four times the defense is who locked it up with a final possession, right? A, a chance to tie, a chance to take yeah. lead for the other team. And his defense keeps coming through. So the the tweaks, the, the growth, whatever it is, McDermott's defense has done the job and is a primary reason that they're going to keep playing. Yeah, they've won six out of their last seven. And the Philly game obviously got away from them in the second half. Other than that game, they've allowed 6, 17, 10, 22, 21, and 14 points. You know, those are really low scores. And you really go back to when they had the injuries in London in the week before with Travis White against the Miami Dolphins, and they were a little uneven for a few weeks. We know that. Against the Patriots, against the Buccaneers, against the Bengals, and even the Broncos. And, you know, it's really, it took them a good four or five games to find their footing. And when they finally have, you know, they've been so good when it's come time to crunch time and to make a play. And I, I agree with you. I think that it's been a really great job by not only McDermott, but you guys know I've said his his staff, his defensive side staff, has done a great job of really figuring out and understanding roles for certain players. And i give you a great example, too. You remember when you know those guys got hurt in London and Dorian Williams was playing linebacker a little bit, and they realized, you know, we just can't do that. The game was just a little too fast for him. He'd make a play here, but then he'd really let one go by. So they put Tyrell Dotson in. Tyrell Dotson was getting pretty much beaten in pass coverage. What they do, they say, let's tweak that. Let's put Jordan Poyer in the, in the pass situations. The dime will bring Taylor Rapp in. And then that's been amazing. It's been a great change. And then last night, Tyrell Dotson gets hurt. We all say on the broadcast, okay, we're expecting Dorian Williams to go in. It's Balin Specter who goes in at that spot. And he played terrific. Hmm. I mean, he knew exactly what he was supposed to do. His reads were great. Great positioning, great pe- preparation. Dane Jackson comes in for Rasul Douglas. Knows exactly. Now, he's played a lot of football. We know that. Makes a couple of huge plays down the stretch, obviously. So I think that's all part of what you're saying, and you're right. And I think Sean McDermott deserves a lot of credit. I think that the coaching staff overall deserves a lot of credit. And, of course, the players deserve a lot of credit for understanding their roles and knowing how to get this thing to mesh together. And the defense has been really superb, especially since the bye week back in week 13 and over you know the last month or so. Let's get the Barnes Firm injury report in. Car crash call, 1-800-8-MILLION. So a number of big names. Let's start on the defense. Yeah, we had Rasul Douglas. You mentioned Tyrell Dodson. Um, and then on the offense, Ty, Ty Johnson and Gabe Davis. So where are we looking yeah. at going into the week for the injury report? Of course, we, we learn more later on, but how did we leave things last night? Well, not great, of course, by losing some big names and important players. Um, but we'll see. Now, Gabe <coughs> excuse me, Gabe came back on the field in the second half in street clothes, on the sidelines, I should say, in street clothes walking, didn't have any braces, crutches, any kind of aids to walk. So that's good news, but we'll see. But he was declared out pretty early with the knee, so that's not encouraging, but we'll see where that goes. Rasul Douglas came back out. He had a very heavy wrap on his knee. He had his helmet in his hand. But it didn't look like he was going to go in at all. And he said after the game, he really wanted to. But Dane Jackson told him, I got you. Don't worry. You know, if you're, if you're not 100, you just stay. I got you. And that tells me that, you know, he's fighting through it. But we'll see where that goes this week, obviously. Um, Tyrell Dodson, you know, after the game in the locker room, 
You know, he, I think he was feeling a little bit encouraged about where he could be this week. But, guys, that's not their decisions, right? We'll see. They'll get, they'll get it checked out, they'll, um, and then we'll find out more. And then as far as Ty Johnson, obviously, in concussion protocol right now. Okay. So if Gabe Davis is going to miss any time, Sal, how do you feel about their performance yesterday in general where, you know, Allen is going for over 400 if you include the rushing. But it was another game where – like the, the the two mistakes were actually coincidentally both Gabe Davis targets. Every other time, it felt like Allen was going for Diggs or Kincaid or Shakir, especially those three would be top of the list. It felt like guys were getting open, and then you know, especially Shakir, were doing something when the ball was in their hands. Yeah, you know, I don't um, I don't know how much you know whose quote unquote fault it was for either for the miscommunication of the first one in the end zone. I think you know they they heated Josh up and blitzed him a little bit and. <clears throat> got off his, his read and then, you know, threw the ball and looked like there was a miscommunication there and that didn't work out. Kind of the, the second one is more of an arm punt, right? He is going for Gabe, but really kind of Stefan's there. He might even mm. been interfered with. They didn't call that, but I think Josh knew he just couldn't throw an interception. If he throws it in the end zone, maybe that happens and that's exactly what happens. So, you know, they got, they actually gained some field position. Not that you want to see that. They gave up an opportunity for points. Um, so yeah, you're right about that with the targets. Um, but also, how about the block Gabe Davis supplied on Shakir's run? I mean, amazing catch and run. You know, Gabe was the one that really sealed off his man on the outside. That's a big reason why Gabe plays a lot. You know, he did a great job on that block there. But once Sherfield came in, he had to make a couple plays, and he did. And he's a good blocker as well. But to stay with that ball in the end zone, Shakir t- um, uh, and then um, Sherfield told me after the game, guys, that even for him, he said, I, I thought it was really candid from him. He said it's been a disappointing season for him not being able to play as much as he'd like to. He said that. He said, but that's, but you have to, you can't think about that. You have to prepare as if you're always going to play. And you have to be ready when your number's called. And guess what? He was. Right? I mean, that just speaks to, to that. And think about the guys who had to do that last night. We just talked about Bale Inspector and Dane Jackson coming in. You know, those guys. And how about, I mean, Ryan Vandermark. He was the left tackle for the whole series for the game-winning touchdown because Deion Dawkins left with a, a lacerated hand. And... They score the touchdown. They kick the extra point. Dion, he had just come back from the locker room. He runs onto the field to give Ryan Vandermark a big hug. Like, they knew how important it was for these guys. That's what it's all about, preparing and making sure the people behind you are ready and the guys in front of you are ready, and that's what they did. On the on the Sherfield touchdown, by the way, what was your vantage point on that? Because even that's one where, like, it could be, and it will be, I'm sure, labeled a lucky play. And, of course, there's a ton of luck in, like, where the ball goes off a helmet. But the once the ball's way up in the air, like there's the two Dolphin defenders and yep. there's Sherfield, and Sherfield's really the only one looking up at it. Yeah, listen, my vantage point was you know right there at the goal line, and I'm on the opposite side of what you would have seen from the camera. And as soon as I see that ball get tipped up, I immediately thought, oh my god, another interception in the in the end zone. Like yep, generally, if that too. ball's going to stay in bounds, the defense is going to be there first, right? And then I saw Sherfield look and try and get it. And to be honest with you guys, I, I didn't think he had a chance. As it's coming down, I'm thinking that's ball going to go out of bounds. But I at least knew he's the closest one to it, so it's probably going to go out of bounds. When he caught it, I couldn't believe he kept his feet in. And then when the referee signaled it, I still couldn't believe and thought that, okay, this is going to be reviewed. I don't know how he kept his toes in. And he did. That's concentration. That was a great job by him. He also came up with a really big catch later in the game down the middle of the field that Josh just threw a laser. You know, and Sherfield's got really good hands, and you know he, he came up with a big catch there on a drive. The Bills had to, you know, keep going. So, um, you know, I thought he played really well, and of course, 
finally, you know, you get a big play from Deontay Hardy. And that, I think we look back at the punt return from Deontay Hardy. I mean, that might be the signature play of this whole month run that they've been on to get them the AFC East title. And it's arguably, there's a lot of plays that could be in there. But guys, that that really did change the game. I mean, we talk sometimes about momentum swings or things like that. He That bailed out the offense. The offense had been making mistakes, critical mistakes. They couldn't score. They were moving the ball up and down the field. They couldn't score. We were talking on the radio broadcast in the break. Before that drive, before that drive, the Dolphins have it, and the Bills were down 14-7. And myself and Chris and Eric, we were talking amongst each other during the break, and we all said, boy, like they might need a pick six here to win, to, to get, in, get this in because they're not scoring. Like they might need a, a strip and a six, uh, a strip down in the end zone, near the end zone. They might need a pick six. They didn't get it, and what do they get? They get the punt return, and that was it. When that happened, I, I think everyone on that sideline, and I heard from guys after the game who basically said, like once that happened, we felt it, and we knew like we're going to win this game. We're going to go out there, get a stop. The offense is going to score. That's exactly what happened, and then they held on. Get to the phones here with Sal Capaccio as we celebrate here on a victory Monday. We'll go to Johnny in Buffalo. Johnny, good morning. You're on with Sal. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, mm-hmm. You know, still fired up from last night. Hell of a win. Um, I, you know, I think uh, excited to get Pittsburgh here. But one thing I want to talk about was a little bit about Sean McDermott and just some of his comments, game management, clock management, those types of things. Uh, you know, just watching from home, going into halftime, basically calls out Josh for throwing the ball in the middle of the field on, you know, national TV. Um, you know, at the end of the game there, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if he declines that penalty, uh, that hold hold on Diggs, uh, I, I think the clock still runs. Uh, and, and, you know, the clock goes down another 40 seconds. Um, you know, I didn't lo- love his timeout usage in the first half either. He could have saved the timeout uh, so that that throw across the middle of the field could have called timeout instead of calling it on third and five. Um, you know, just, just some just some more mistakes from him. I mean, I know Allen made some mistakes. I know the whole team in general, but I just don't want I think see... they did decline the penalty. Someone brought this up to me, and I, I'm going to stop you just to, to interject, yeah. Jack, because of this. Someone brought this up to me last night, so I looked at it, all right? The Bills had a third and 13 from the their own 34. There was a penalty on Jalen Ramsey. Jalish runs for 15 yards. A penalty on Ramsey which would have been five yards. The next snap is the Miami 46, so that's 15 yards. So I think they declined the penalty. Yeah, the clock did stop, though, because we wondered why the clock was stopped. Yeah, well, I'm just telling you, I, I don't know. I, I'm, just, I, I, I'm pretty sure they declined. It does not say declined on the on – the, and I have to go back and look at it, guys, from the television. But the next snap was 15 yards up. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't they, – they didn't accept the five-yard penalty. Yeah. Thanks, Johnny. To this point about, about game management and, and McDermott here – so, like, I'll agree on only being a little frustrated with some frivolous timeout usage, I thought. You know, in a game like this, you might need those. But otherwise, at the end of the half, this is a good conversation, I think. McDermott is clearly upset with Allen about throwing it in the field of play and coming away with zero points. I, I didn't hear the interview. What happened? Okay. He, was he, hot. Just, he was hot. He said, yeah. ball's got to go in the end zone there. Basically, yep. what ha- all that happened was he told the truth, which is, I mean, I think, the ball, the, the, the play call, the plan, this ball cannot go short of the sticks because we won't get points. But, Sal, have you met Josh Allen? Sometimes he's going to try some stuff. You know, like, he's going he's gonna to gamble a little bit. And when Allen throws that ball, the play that Chandler gets knocked out with the uh, – or Johnson gets knocked out with, it, with the head hit, 
it looks like he's going to score, and it's a great play that stops him. So I just feel like McDermott is within his rights, of course, to be mad about it because, hey, man, we got one rule here. Throw it in the end zone. We don't have any timeouts. Why they don't have timeouts? Well, okay, that's a, that's a conversation. But the reality is that they don't have timeouts, and he wants the ball to go into the end zone because if they don't get it, they kick a field goal. Yep. So I, I, that's the coach pointing out that they had a plan and the quarterback went rogue a little bit. But, you know, you live with the good, with the bad, with Allen, because a lot of times it works out, and sometimes you got to accept that it doesn't. So I had no idea that happened. That was with Melissa Stark. But, guys, yes. you know what? Mm-hmm. I said the same thing in Arrow Up, Arrow Down. If you read my arrow up, arrow down, I gave an arrow down for that throw from Josh. Mm. I think Josh, 100%. I agree. And I didn't even hear Sean McDermott say that. You can't, if you're going to throw to the middle of the field, it better be into the end zone. You cannot throw the ball to the middle of the field in that situation. Josh had him right at the goal line. And all, I mean, great play by the defender, by the way. Yep. But you can't do that. You can't do that. And I agree with that. The, only, the issue I have with the caller is he's upset about Sean McDermott's game management. But then he's upset that Sean McDermott said that was bad game management by the quarterback. Well, and you know I mean, like Sean, Sean didn't throw it into the right. middle of the field. Josh Allen did. And while we're on game, he man- wanted it not thrown in the middle of the field. And while we're on game management in general, Sal, the 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 talk the talking point that's been out there for years of McDermott not being aggressive enough, especially in big games. How, what did you think of the the decisions on fourth and short on their final drive, including like did you? Whether or not it was a right decision, were you surprised they went for it from their own 35? Like, I would say I was stunned, but maybe a mild surprise. Mild surprise for me, too. But I think that's what you got to do against the Miami Dolphins. You don't give them the – you can't – it's it's one yard or give the ball back to that offense, the highest scoring offense in the league. And, you know, yes, I was a bit surprised. They obviously went in the game and said, we're going to have to be aggressive in these situations. Um, what I didn't like – was going back to the same play at the very end again when they had already almost just stopped you right before that. I like the aggressiveness to do it. I didn't like going back to that same play. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised, but isn't that what people want, I guess, right? Yeah. The aggressiveness. He was very aggressive. I don't know. You could. I think in any game you look at, you can always nitpick things about coaches and coaching decisions. I, I guess, again, here I go again. I'm not, I'm, I don't know how you can look at yesterday's game and the job that this defense did in the second half and come away and say, yeah, but I still have problems with the game management. I mean, what a great – it was a great job coaching yesterday by this staff. Well, Sal, to that fourth down, fourth and one, I want to get you on Leonard Fournette and his contributions in this game because he has replaced Latavius Murray in that spot. And there was a yeah. short yard run, maybe like a third and one, I can't remember the exact play, where it was bottled up. And he got out of it and picked up the first down. And last week, I feel like Murray did not get that. So, you know, sometimes the back needs to make an appropriate adjustment. And I thought Fournette was valuable in this game. He was. I actually would have liked to have seen him get the ball on one of those third and fourth and shorts. Because they they had run that tush-push, snowplow, whatever you want to call it. And Dolphins had just about stopped it, and they did stop it. I thought maybe it would have been time for maybe, you know, not not – packing in the formation and going to one of those runs to Leonard Fournette. That's why you brought him up. Um, maybe especially on the last one, but yes, he, he, um, he got a couple tough yards when they needed it. And going forward, I I would expect maybe that Leonard Fournette's going to be the guy there and not Latavius Murray. Let's remember he can stay on the practice squad and now the bills can elevate him every game in the playoffs that they want to. Eight Oh three Oh five fifty to Paul and Kenmore before the break. Hey, Paul. 
Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, kind of changed good, my thanks. mind frame, uh, be on hold for a little bit, but, uh, I think now more than anything, these people that call in and complain about McDermott and Josh Allen, Hey, this is what we wanted 15, 20 years ago. We wanted a quarterback that took chances. We wanted a coach that took risks. Now you, you can't judge these guys now differently. And that's what you wanted 15 years ago, 10 years ago. And I think that's where a lot of these callers that come in and just, Hey, did you watch football for the last 15 years? Did you, when you called in the radio station, Hey, this is what we wanted. And you take the risk with the reward. And I love it. Like I'm, I'm one of those people that I love it. Hey, he threw those two interceptions. Yeah, they were four interceptions, but you know what? If he didn't take those interceptions, he would be complaining that he didn't make the throw. Or if McDermott didn't go for it on this play or that play, He'd be complaining that, hey, well, why didn't he go for it? Like, I'm just, I'm, I lived through it just like you guys did. Hey, this is what we do now. Like, this, yeah. this is what we wanted. We have to live through it. Now, hang up and listen. Thank you, guys. Well, yeah. I, I would also Thanks, say, I do think that to me, and I don't know if you know, Sean's thinking this way necessarily, but maybe, like, I do think the way the defense is playing might allow him to think I'm going to be more aggressive in these situations. Mm-hmm. And if I give them the ball, I'm going to stop them. Because they are playing. Guys, the second half yesterday, the Dolphins' drives ended. Punt, 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 punt. Inter- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. You may have already brought this up, but the Dolphins had 101 yards rushing in the first half. They had seven in the second half. Yeah. Was that, Sal, to your eye, just that they gave up on it, or did the Bills give them a look that they didn't like? Well, and also, they, they real quick, so like they, they ne- didn't have a drive with more than four plays, so like there weren't that many plays for Miami in the first place. Here's what I think happened. The Dolphins were really working the edges against the Bills in the first half. The Bills made a really nice adjustment, whatever it was, and even guys talked about it in the locker room. Terrell Bernard said it. He said, we did some things to button up the perimeter. And once they did that, I don't think they had any room to run, and I think it spooked the Dolphins into doing that, guys. Yeah, because- I think because 
if you go back to some runs in the second half early on, they lost yardage trying to get to the perimeter. Yeah. And I think the Dolphins, because of that, they said, we can't do that now. So they kind of like got scared of, we're not going to run up the middle here. We don't have the biggest running backs. HN, yeah, we can maybe create a seam. They tried a couple of those with Jeff Wilson, didn't work. So now you have to start throwing the ball. So give again, give some credit to the coaching staff for making the adjustment and the players. And how about Bale Inspector? I think Bale Inspector was a real factor here. Like he's playing Will Linebacker. He's got to go sideline to sideline and he's doing it. Leonard Floyd did a great job of stringing a couple of those out. So to answer your question, I think it was the Bills made a great adjustment to button up the perimeter, and the Dolphins really didn't have an answer for that. Yeah, the chess match there. The the Dolphins come out with that little misdirection toss play to Achan several yes. times, and it was it, they were they were making money with it. And the Bills, I don't know if this was the adjustment or just a part of it, but frequently when that pitch would go out there, rather than kind of get strung out to that side, the Bills would have either a linebacker or a safety just shoot in as fast yes. and hard as possible. And, like, disrupt and the, the timing and disrupt the lanes for the blockers. 100%, Jeremy. And that's a great point you make because you a lot of times people, when you watch football, you only see the ball and the point of attack. Yes, those blockers. If you can get into those blockers and not give a cutback lane, um, that's going to matter because now the sideline becomes your friend too, right? And if you can do that, doesn't can't cut back and he doesn't know where to go on the sideline, that's great. And, by the way, the Dolphins did a good job of that against the Bills. The Dolphins did a good job on some of those toss sweeps of doing the exact same thing that the Bills did. And the Bills kind of, you know, went back went to do that themselves. So I think that's what happened. I think the Dolphins just, you know, I mean they got out of it, right? Mike McDaniel yeah. to me got a little bit like, okay, well it's not there and I can't trick him anymore and I can't play straight up football against this this uh interior. So I'm going to start throwing it and then you know, I mean give the Bills secondary credit of course because they were on top of a few plays when they did finally ultimately throw the ball. Sal Capaccio. Thank you, Sal. We're going to get to Chris Brown next. Sal, we'll be listening 10 o'clock today. Are you, are you on? What's the schedule? I'm on, yeah. Have you have you talked to Pat Hammer about Sunday yet? we got to get some, you know, we got to get a forecast Oh, in no, but Sunday. I've been hearing it. I was just on BEN with them right before you guys, and I had no idea, I was, but I guess Sunday does not look good and pretty. Cold oh, and boy. windy, huh? But, and snow, a lot of snow on Saturday maybe into yeah. Sunday. All right. Oof. But maybe not you know, as bad but, um, as uh, Kansas City, which is now I think I saw negative two for Saturday okay. night for Dolphins okay. and Chiefs. Well, well, well. there you go. Um, yeah, we're going to do an Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast right now at Matt Bove, and then I'm going to shoot over and we're going to and then I'm going to be on uh, Extra Point Show at 10 with everybody. Very good. Thank you, Sal. You got it. Chris Brown, he had the call of the game. We'll talk to him next, get some highlights of the game as well. And we have it another is... uh, coach firing Who? in the league. Ron Rivera is officially oh. out. Gotcha. Very good. Football Monday brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Back to pass. Looking deep down the sideline. He's got Shakir. Complete. Got behind Kohu. And he's out of bounds at the four-yard line. It's first and goal, Buffalo. To a back to pass, looking left, trying to find Hill downfield, and it's picked off. Christian Benford intercepted it. He undercut the route by Tyreek Hill and picked it off. Back to pass as the Bills fans get into it. Fires out to the left sideline, and it's intercepted by Taylor Rapp. Picked off at the 23-yard line. 
Highlights of the game brought to you by Northland Workforce Training Center. We have the training. All we need is you. Jeremy and Joe. And joining us now, Chris Brown, who had the call last night as uh, the Bills won in dramatic fashion, won the AFC East. And, Chris, it is a good day to be a Bills fan after a stressful evening throughout. Yeah, definitely a little stressful in the first half, not only because of the turnovers in the end zone, but the way the half ends. There's no call for targeting on Jerome Baker, who labels Ty Johnson at the goal line and knocks him out of the game with a concussion. So, yeah, we're all kind of sitting there going, are we going to have one of these nights? Um, But, you know, you looked at the scoreboard and you said, all right, well, it's a one-score game, and if you can just stop the run in the second half that the Dolphins are throwing at them uh, and put a couple of drives together, you're right back in the game. And – moving the ball had not been a problem for the offense the entire night. So uh, fortunately they were able to do that, you know, hold on to the football, sustain some drives and the defense was absolutely lights out. I mean, they pitched a shutout in the second half, uh, zero points for the dolphins. The run game gained seven yards in the second half. So they completely shut that down with two backups in the lineup on defense and uh, the passing game, two of throws for 50 yards in the second half. I mean, it's unbelievable. The defense has been the uh, the lead dog here the better part of the last month. Uh, they are peaking at the right. Like, often offense is getting headlines. Josh Allen's getting headlines, and deservedly so. But the turnaround for this defense, you know, I, I remember you talking during the year about recalibrating expectations because of injuries and how this the season has kind of ebbed and flowed defensively, but since coming through that that down period, they continue to maintain this very high level of play defensively. Yeah, and I, and the most impressive part of it for me was the fact that it wasn't because necessarily uh, of their pass rush. I think their pass rush has shown up in most of those hang on and win victories whether it's Ed Oliver making a giant play at the end of the game or them getting three or four sacks. I mean, going into the game last night, Tua and the Dolphins were 10-0 and when Tua was sacked less than two times in a game, and they were 1-5 and when he was sacked more than three times in a game. He was not sacked. The only sack that the Bills got was because they they took down Devon Achan when he made himself a passer on a rollout right. on an option pass. So that was the first loss the Dolphins have sustained when there were less than two sacks against them. But that play even is a microcosm, right, Chris, of like the whole game for the Bills where Achan goes to throw it and just you can't, right? Like whoever was in coverage that we couldn't see, that we couldn't see off the screen, maybe you could, they were buttoned up in the back end. Like the Bills coverage-wise, it like they've had so much success against Tyree Kill in the past, Sean McDermott has, that like that kind of is it, I think. It's just the discipline and their ability to cover right now seems to be as good as ever. Yeah, it's interesting that you mention that. So I had the pregame interview with Joe Brady, and you know I was asking him, you know, you heard Josh Allen after last week's game said he had to focus on some of his throwing mechanics, and there were other aspects of their play, you know, that they wanted to clean up. So I asked him, I said, what? did you guys really kind of focus on through the course of the practice week? And he said, I'm just going to be honest. All we did the entire week was technique and fundamentals at every position. 
like the entire week. And um, you saw, I think you saw evidence of that because you'd be hard pressed, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball to find mental mistakes. Drops were down yesterday. Um, You know, mental miscues. Yes. You had a false start here or there. You're in a road environment. It's loud. It's uh, hostile. You're expecting that to a certain extent. But I think they kept a lot of that to a minimum. And, you know, the communication on the field was outstanding. And I think it, it gave you the result that we witnessed. I mean, it wasn't a perfect game. Um, you know, there were some things that I'm sure they like or wish they could have done better, particularly the turnovers in the red zone. But in the end result, I think it was a much cleaner game, especially for the defense. Chris Brown joining us here on Buffalo Bills Football Monday. Chris, we're waiting to find out some of the injury statuses of a number of players, Rasul Douglas, Gabe Davis. I want to get to the Davis injury. How do you feel that they are positioned to operate without Davis if they need to? I mean, Trent Sherfield showed up in a big way yesterday with a highlight reel catch, and he's got speed on the outside, and he can block. Like, that's one of the things we came into this season knowing, that he can block on the outside if need be. So, it might be an, a real opportunity here for, for Sherfield. And, of course, the emergence of Shakir continues. I mean, six catches on six targets for over 100 yards. Um, they've got a little bit of depth there at receiver that might be able to blossom a little more. Yeah, and I kind of felt that we witnessed that in the game. They started running Kincaid as more of the primary option on a lot of those routes. I don't know if uh, – or on a lot of their play concepts. I don't know if that happens if Gabe Davis is still in the lineup, you know, and Kincaid obviously contributed underneath at that second level of defense, also had a deep play down the left sideline. And then you're right, Shakir also stepped up. So everybody moved up a spot in the pecking order, and it was almost as if the passing game kind of found a rhythm. Um, You know, no knock on Gabe. I mean, the guy's a warrior. He probably plays more snaps than anybody at the receiver position all season long just because of his blocking ability and such. Um but it was it was noticeable the uptick in the rhythm of the passing game as uh, those players stepped up in his absence. And yeah, you're right. You know, think about Sherfield, a guy that hasn't gotten a ton of playing time on the field on the offensive side of the ball, had a third down drop last week, and all the guy does is come back, make a sensational second reaction play, and toe drags in the back of the end zone on a pop up. I mean, I even said on the call he looked like a center fielder in baseball. I mean, that was like Willie Mays-like with the catch that he made there to get his toes down. Um, But, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that. And I'll just – I tweeted this out late last night. But Shakir has one of the highest catch rates in the league at the receiver position. And in the last four games in which he's been targeted, he now has a 100% catch rate over that stretch. I think it's about 15, 16 targets. So it's not a ton. But – he he's not dropping the ball at all. Um, and that's the second four game streak of a hundred percent catch rate. He's been outstanding in terms of sure handedness. And on the bills offense, Chris, I mean, are there any word? I mean, you have to come up with words on the spot, but <laughs> any word for Josh Allen, like the third and 13 run and just there, there's a, there's a mode that he can click into Chris, where you no, know, if it's game is close and it's meaningful, Sometimes they'll be, the plays will be for bad, but the next day, you know, people are going to be talking about plays that Allen's doing on the field. Yeah, 
I mean, even Mike McDaniel in his post-game press conference said, you know, Josh made some plays out there that nobody else can really make at the position. Um, and he referenced the third and 15 run. Um, that play, as it unfolded, it's on the far side of the field away from us. And so I could see three defenders closing on him with four yards to the sticks. And I, I, if I remember right, as I'm calling it, I, I sound pretty incredulous that he got the first down. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and, and he, he got it. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, and I looked at Eric and he looked at me and it was like one of those, did that just happen? Um, and, and, and these are two people who watch every snap that Josh Allen plays. So, I mean, it, it was amazing to us. And I think Sean McDermott hit it on the nose last night. He, he gets into the will not be denied mode. And there aren't many people that can stop him. And, and he was determined last night. He was going to put the team on his back if he had to. And uh, if you look at his production offensively, he pretty much did that. Chris, before we let you go, we'll talk about it on Friday, but early impressions of the opponent of Pittsburgh, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Yeah, um, I think they feel like they found something offensively in Mason Rudolph. Um, I will say their road win at Seattle a couple of weeks ago in a had-to-have-it game, putting 30 on Seattle in their building. You know, I know Seattle's not a juggernaut, but they're a good team with a good defense. And to do that after struggling most of the season to score points was impressive. So I think that's baked in there somewhere. Obviously, you don't want that to surface. Um, but this is a team that can grind it out with you, similar to the way the Bills have been grinding out games. So it's, it's a team that's not afraid to mix it up with you and make life difficult. The interesting stat that I saw last night was, and because we don't think that T.J. Watt is going to be able to play this week, which is a major loss for them, Lifetime, the Steelers are 1-10 in 10 when T.J. Watt does not play. Sunday, 1 o'clock. Chris, thank you. We'll chat on uh, Friday. All right, guys. Take it easy. Chris Brown's appearance on WGR brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. By Dunn Tire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. By Sullivan's Brewing Company from Ireland to Buffalo, the best ales in the world. And by Lockport Outdoor Store, high-impact gear for hardworking men and women. Jeremy and Joe here on WGR. You can give us a call, 803-0550, as we cruise through a victory Monday. Bills, the two seed. Kansas City, the three seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not looking ahead, Joe. I'm not looking ahead. I'm not looking ahead. I'm just not looking ahead. But but we do know Patrick Mahomes will have to play a game in Buffalo next year at least. Yes. Both teams won the division. The opponents line up. The Chiefs come to Buffalo next year. The question is, do they come next week? I got a, I got a I got a Chiefs question for you quickly. All right. I'll be I'll be ready for it when we get back. 8030550 you can jump on a phone line if you'd like and join us here on Football Monday. Backing Hardy up to his own 5. Gets to the 10, to the 15, through a hole to the 20. 25 30, he could go. 50 40, they're not going to get him. Deontay Hardy going the distance for the touchdown and we're an extra point away. From a tie ball game.
It's a big moment. It's a blessing for sure. I tell people all the time, you never know when your moment's going to come. Um, it's always just staying in the process and just always being ready when your number is called. So, you know, it's definitely a blessing to be able to go out there and make a play, um, especially given the situation, the uh, offense not really going. Um, so to be able to create a spark and, you know, get us going a little bit, it's definitely a blessing. Big Deontay Hardy, punt return touchdown. Massive play in that Bills game. Locker room audio brought to you by Reimer Home Services for your HVAC plumbing and electric needs. Time to go around. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. On the league in a dash. That's brought to you by Dash's Market. Celebrating 100 years. Shop the family of finer foods. Other games from the day, Joe. Thoughts? The 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 Jaguars' playoff percentage at one point was 93%. 90, well, yesterday or in general? When, when, they were, when they were 8 and 3. Oh, they were the fir- I saw yesterday they're the first team in NFL history to have a 99% playoff probability and miss the playoffs. Oh, all right. At one point. So they were they were at 99. That's Maybe rough. that was when they were 8 and 3. Um, and Trevor Lawrence came, what, three inches from that touchdown that could have tied it? Yep. Super yep. close at the end. Uh, did anything else really happen that was that? I mean, you had like some weird, like you had the what? The the Arthur Smith, Dennis Allen, you yes. know. Which, so Arthur Smith is furious with Dennis Allen for fake kneel down run into the end zone. Right. And Allen said that the players did that themselves. He called a kneel down, but they right. wanted to get a touchdown for Jamal Williams. So the Saints players just kind of did it on their own. Right, Jameis Winston said that after the game. That like yeah. we, we we did it. We took it upon ourselves. If you're Arthur Smith, like okay, you, I guess you can choose how mad you want to be about that. You think it's bush league? You lost by like thirty anyway, man. Right. You know, like okay, cool, cool story. Gl- glad you ran that in. Congratulations to you, Arthur Smith. Getting fired is the best news in fantasy football world. Oh that there, my! That there is the Bijan <laughs> uh, uh, stock is way up. Everybody's this back. Everybody's back. Kyle Pitts is yep. back. They should trade for Justin Fields. That's my landing spot. That's yeah. who should that's who should trade for Justin Fields. Yup. Atlanta. Okay. Sure. They yep. pick they pick eighth. And then in, in while we're on the league, for games this week, will you will you root for Kansas City or Miami? I will root for Kansas City. That was my could it be said that the best if let's say the Bills get through the Steelers as a ten point favorite, the best possible matchup for them in the second round is is Kansas City. I mean, I, I, I don't have science to tell you that, but I've been waiting for a hundred years for Patrick Mahomes to come to Buffalo <laughs> in yep. front of fans. So I yes, I'll be rooting for Kansas City. The alternative is the winner of the Browns and Texans. Yep. And the Texans' offense scares me more than the Chiefs' offense does. Yep, me too. And the Browns' defense scares me more than the Chiefs' defense does. And you know, Miami could be healthier in two weeks. Well, if Miami wins, they would go to Baltimore, no matter what. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, Bills the Bills beat right. the seven. Yep. Right, the Bills couldn't so, play the seven because they're already playing the that's seven. That's right. Yeah. If the Bills win, Miami could only go to Baltimore. Right. Good stuff. All right, I'm going to get out of here. i got to catch right. a plane and then come home. 
I'm uh, still in Florida. We'll say hi to all the Bills fans on. Uh, I, if you're I'll connecting. probably see him. I got a layover in Atlanta, so I'll in probably Atlanta? see a lot of Bills fans in Atlanta. Yep. for flights back. You might see Arthur Smith too. I may, maybe I will. <laughs> maybe I'm departing uh, Naples today, and uh, this little little cove I'm in called Alessi Bay. It's been a nice nice visit. I did see a gator on I the was, golf course. You did you on the course? You saw a gator? Multiple gators on the course. Yes, one in the water, kind of like stalking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Too many gators, not enough birdies. That's my review of my own golf round <laughs> down here. Too many gators, not enough birdies. All right, so I'll see you tomorrow. Yep. And uh, I'm just going to, like, listen to the coverage the whole day as uh, as I make my way back to Buffalo. So, cheers. Happy happy, happy Victory Monday, Buffalo Bills Football Monday. Joe's uh, taking it from here, then the Extra Point Show. And, uh, yeah, all that good stuff. Victory Monday. Good times. Here's the snap. Fires over on the right side and into the end zone for the touchdown is Dawson Knox. It's a five-yard touchdown reception by the tight end, and the Bills have the lead with 7-16 remaining. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.